excited for a podcast episode is our first podcast. Oh, from how did this get made? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I am. I am, no. uh, I am so excited to hear June's reaction to the, uh, like, hacked uh, self-driving cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, I, I mean... What's their mission? <laughs> it's like, the movie was made for that podcast. And vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we ready? I think so. All right. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to I Want You to Watch This. I am your host, as always, Dennis. And as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Colin and Craig. How are you motherfuckers? I'm pretty good, Dennis. All right. <laughs> Craig? Good, good. Cool. Well, uh, this is uh, the beginning of a new block, a new era in movie review. Matt Block and era. <laughs> Science fiction! Yes, it is the sci-fi block. The Battle block. Frontier. Ah, these are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise and our thoughts on movies. Beep, boop, yeah, beep, beep, somehow I don't think we're actually going to have a Star Trek movie in this block, though. Please God, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fan. Uh, I mean, some of the new ones. But yeah, the new I mean, ones are right. Yeah. yeah. Like, Beyond, Beyond was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought Beyond was pretty great. Yeah. 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 Anyways, um... Well, uh, to kick off this uh, sci-fi block will be my pick, which is Europa Report, which is a um, low-budget indie film from 2013. Um, I found this movie on Netflix, like, I think the year it came out, and uh, was uh, really enjoyed it. And so I was very happy to bring this uh, to our little podcast here for further analysis. Um, so anyway, since this is my pick, I'm going to kind of kick off the explanation for Europa Report. Uh, Europa Report begins, um, it is uh, <clears throat> Dr. Unger, um, played by M. Beth Davids, is the CEO of Europa Ventures and narrates the story of the Europa One mission. Uh, six astronauts embark on a privately funded mission to Jupiter's moon Europa to find potential sources of life. The crew members are Captain William Zhu, played by Daniel Wu, uh, pilot Rosa Dask, played by Anna Maria Marinka, and Chief Science Officer Daniel Luxembourg, played by Christian Camargo, Marine Biology Science Officer Katya Petrovna, uh, played by Carolina Wydra, uh, Junior Engineer James Corrigan, played by Charlto, Char- Charlto Copley, <laughs> and Chief Engineer, played by Andre Block, or Chief Engineer Andre Block, played by Michael Nyquist. Uh, six after six months of mission time, a solar storm hits the ship, knocking out communication with the mission control. Block and Corrigan perform an EVA to repair the system from outside, but an accident rips Block's suit. While he is being guided back into the airlock, Block notices that Corrigan's suit has been coated with hydrazine, and he cannot enter the airlock, or else he would contaminate the rest of the ship. Black attempts to save Corrigan by taking him out of his suit, but he blacks out from the lack of oxygen. Knowing there is no hope for himself, Corrigan pushes Block into the airlock, thus propelling himself away from the ship, as he as it continue as it continues its journey to Europa. Stranded, he dies in space. The crew continues with the mission, demoralized by Corrigan's death. After twenty months, the ship lands safely on Europa, but misses its original target zone. The crew drills through the ice and releases a probe into the underlying sea. Block, who is sleep-deprived and eliciting concern from the rest of the crew, sees a light outside of the ship, but he is unable to record it or otherwise convince the crew of its occurrence. The probe is struck by an unknown lighted object and contact with it is lost. 
Petrovna insists on collecting samples on Europa's surface. The crew vote and she is allowed and she is allowed to go. Analyzing the samples, Luxembourg discovers traces of a single-celled organism. Petrovna sees a blue light in the distance and decides to investigate it. As she approaches the light, the ice below her breaks and she falls through. Her head-mounted camera continues to broadcast, displaying her terrified face as the blue bioluminescence is reflected in her eyes before cutting out. The crew agrees to leave in order to report their discovery to Earth, but the engines malfunction. As the ship hurtles back to Europa's surface, Shu unbuckles from his seat to dump water shielding to reduce the impact speed. Remarkably, the ship crashes at the originally targeted landing site. On impact, Shu is killed, and the ship is damaged, leaking oxygen and losing heat. It begins to sink into the ice. Block and Luxembourg suit up to make repairs outside the ship. Luxembourg tries to descend but falls through the ice. Block knows there is no chance that he alone will be able to repair the ship before it sinks. Instead, he manages to fix the communication system at the expense of turning out the light support systems. Just before the same blue light Petrovna saw approaches and he appears to fall through the ice as well. Desk reestablishes communications with Earth. All the collected images and data that have been saved since the solar storm are sent, just as the ice cracks and the ship begins to sink. Alone and anticipating her death, Desk opens the airlock to flood the ship in hopes of revealing the source of the light. As the water rises in into the cockpit, she sees a tentacled bioluminescent creature rising toward her before the camera cuts out. In the epilogue, Unger confirms that the crew of Europa has discovered life and exceeded every expectation as the footage plays from an earlier scene of the crew posing in front of the camera. And that is, um, that's that movie. That is Europa Report. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I'm so glad you brought this to my attention. I think this is an excellent movie despite its pretty significant uh, like budget. No. No, um, it has structural problems. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it really suffers from some structural problems. But other than that, I think it's a fantastic movie. I love the found footage aspect of it. I love the documentary. I, stuff I normally hate movies that use that. Yeah. I think it's like a cheap thing. But <clears throat> it works so well in this movie because it's like obviously such a low-budget indie film that they're like, oh, well, we don't have millions of dollars to play with to do like sci-fi shit, so we can do like quick little tricky camera edits and shit to make it seem like much more technologically advanced than it really is um i also uh uh the reason why i love this movie so much and why i picked it is that there are um there's a lot of space exploration movies and uh but they all use some sort of element that's like over the top for it's like for it's like heavy you know plot uh I don't know, like, like, well, like. Sorry, yeah, I, I definitely, I think I see where you're going, and I felt like this movie definitely was a very like low key, subdued type of sci-fi movie, right? That actually, um, I don't know, like in, ter- in like literal terms, exactly how much like real science went into this movie, but it definitely feels like there was a lot of actual science right. in this science fiction movie. Well, like, like, like for yeah, instance- this is a science fiction movie that's heavy on the science. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it brings the science into science fiction. I think is like what one reviewer said. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, like, like I'm thinking of like I think it's called like Mission to Mars or some shit like that. Where like 
they like go on this mission and everything and like it's all successful but like this robot they brought along to like help them it's like shaped like a dog or whatever like flips out because of solar storm or, or you know it hits its head or whatever like short circuits its brain and so then it just like starts to kill everyone yeah and like that's the element of heavy in the movie as opposed to like the fact that space travel's fucking dangerous yeah. like just use yeah. these raw elements of them being out there and like just surviving it as like the things that make you tense and thrilling you know oh yeah this movie definitely like had me just on pins and needles at moments with just what was happening on their like day-to-day life because it's like oh yeah no they are out there there is absolutely no backup no support no there's no way for them to get any sort of help if anything goes wrong which you know eventually things start do going wrong and you see just how devastating like these little moments are like when it's like all right well we're gonna go out and repair this ship as uh, like that's moving at what was like 25,000 miles an hour and no, like miles per second oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna like go out there and work on this ship and oh crap like I have a one inch tear that's that game over yeah, yeah you're done get it back inside oh crap I got like this liquid on me and well I can't even go back into the ship so now I just have to float off into oblivion right like and that moment was just like oh god that was like heavy and it was like the moment right before that actually they did a really good job where um james and daniel are talking in like just like their bunk and he's like talking uh james is talking about his kid and um that moment i really something about that moment just really stuck out to me in terms of like the way it was lighted like how they have like the shifting shadows like while they're like it's like they're stationary on their bunks but there's all this movement happening with the shadows in the scene and I really get like gave this like unsettling feeling like throughout that scene where, yeah, it felt like something was coming. And then in the next, I think it was like one or two scenes later, it's like when they go out and James ends up being the one who ends up having to sacrifice himself right. so he doesn't bring back this like poisonous vapor into the airlock. And yeah, they do a really good job of making these little things well they're not really little things when you're you know flying to jupiter but (laughs) of like not necessarily having to have these over-the-top moments of oh like yeah a robot goes haywire and like wants to kill everyone on board it's like no it's like no space travel itself is is terrifying enough (laughs) (laughs) we we, we can make that work um before we get too deep into it i want to say dennis uh bravo on the katya costume oh Uh, thank you you you've got the lovely hair and the the facial features and everything and even though you're wearing the full-on uh, EVA spacesuit, I can tell that you've got the uh, boobs under there. Oh yeah. So yeah. I mean, I got my boobs repaired, and so I yeah, I'd glad be a that woman. you have them back. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's yep. good to know. My, my boob man is on point. <laughs> but, but you know, you are in a full-on astronaut's spacesuit. Yes. It's it, it's taking up a, a great deal of room. It's quite in, cumbersome. In the studio. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it's it's proportioned to the one that she wore, so like I'm like I look really tiny in this thing, and so <laughs> it, it's it's I've been it's really a pain in the ass to get in and out of it, so I've just been well living in it for the past week. It it smells terrible in here. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't gonna say anything about the <laughs> smell, but um, but you know it, I get why now that yeah, you say. I'd apologize, but no. Does that one even have like 
waste systems like management? That's none of your business. Just, <laughs> are you just living in that right now? I, I, mean, I choose to live my life the way I live it. <laughs> well, Craig always, you know, bringing the the pinnacle of uh, scenery costume to to our tiny little studio here. In that you are the space vehicle that they all live in. Um, you are the Europa One. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's really proportionate. We're doing the whole episode inside of your costume. Yeah. Right and, now. and your costume is also spinning to create artificial gravity. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it's weird because we're here on the planet, so like we already have gravity, so the spinning is really just acting like a carnival ride, like throwing <laughs> us around. Yeah. Um, it took forever in the editing to get rid of all of the clanking uh, from all, all from the shit that, that we happening. had to throw out of this thing. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. it doesn't even look like it. You originally designed it. I know. I. It, it was a lot of work. Like I said, um, I've still got that team. You know, they they do all my scenery work. It's like I said, it's a pretty small team. They busted their asses they this time must they must have and they were yeah. already working overtime last week to make yeah. us all our individual cars for fate of the furious yeah i know i mean i i really ask a lot from those guys but it's that's the thing about it is i know that they're capable and i know that they're able to do that right. so i i know that i ask a lot and i just want to give a shout out to my guys right now and let them know that they're awesome and thank you for making all these amazing costumes scenery for everyone because <laughs> Yeah, it's just I would not be able to do this by myself. It's worth it for an audio podcast. Yeah, really I is. mean, yeah. <laughs> all of the visual effects. Yeah, and uh, Colin, wow, I mean, the sea creature here, like, and, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like interesting, like. You've got, like, you're kind of, like, part... I think it's, like, just your head is kind of, like, the sea creature. It's kind of moving. Is this your wig guy again? Like, it is. Because it's, like, moving, it... like, the sea creature, but it's, like on top of your head like it's almost like eating you like are, are you andre inside of the sea creature right now well thank you for actually getting it because you know so many people were like what the hell is that thing and why is it on your head like that and like and you're the first person to get what it is i am andre being eaten by the sea creature uh it is constantly in motion it also has bioluminescence uh, those aren't LEDs. This is actual biology. It, it is really bioluminescent. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's I mean, my, my wig guy, he's got some skills. Um, <laughs> yeah, like bioengineering skills. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he grew <laughs> this thing in a lab. Oh. So it's it's pretty legit. Um, but yeah, it, it it's not actually eating me, but it is trying as hard as it can to actually eat me. So... So yeah, it, it hurts a little, but you know I'm just gonna power through it for the podcast. You know that's sacrifices must be made, the, <laughs> you know, for art for this for this art that we are involved in. Yeah. So uh, props to you, yeah, and, and your wig guy. Um, but uh, getting back to Europa Report, <laughs> um, this movie um, has a 6.5 on IMDb, and on Rotten Tomatoes it's conflicted because it has an 80% for critics and a 57% for audiences. I saw that. So it's, I think it might be a little too heady, a little too science-y, like too, too nerdy, I think, yeah. for Joe moviegoer. It definitely reminded me of Arrival, like, or I guess Arrival came out later, so Arrival would have, but I saw it after, but either way, I got flashes of kind of Arrival. And You're that, like, oh yeah, this movie is nerdy as hell. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's like, yeah, it's really um, low-key, there's not like huge like action pieces in the movie, really, it's... Um, even like the the first um, opening where they're kind of like looking down into the ship and it's like um, they're sitting at like the 
the I guess it would be the cockpit. I yeah, like, yeah, like, piloting station. Uh, yeah, and down. then like as you look down below, it's like the gravity is shifted down there, so it's like in a different uh, like the plane. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that kind of reminded me of like when they're first getting onto the ship and arrival, and oh, it all like, shifts. Yeah, yeah, and the whole camera work is like all shifting, and um, there was a couple moments that kind of reminded me of that um, that sense of distortion in like terms of gravity and in terms of like like being in space and they're not really being an up or down mm-hmm. because they're really you're in the vastness you're of in space. space. Yeah. 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 Um, there's no north in space, George Lucas. <laughs> a lazy writer. <laughs> north. Really? <laughs> oh, that's a super ego reference, everybody. Um <laughs> But even uh, some film critics had things about like it being super nerdy. Like this one guy, um, Walter Chaw for the Film Freak Central, said, "If it had a torso, it would be wearing a pocket protector." <laughs> that was his review of the movie. I'd agree with that. But like, that's why I love it, and that's why yeah. I'm so glad it was made because I like like to me like in uh, the character uh, Katya says it the best. Says like the if if we didn't it's like a, in one of the interviews before they launch, and she says like if we succeed in just the slightest and discover some like single celled organism, it would be the single greatest discovery in the history of mankind, and like yeah, it would. It really yeah, would. like was actually discovering life yeah. in our own solar system. And if you think another. about it, it and it's very a depressing thought, but I don't think that the general populace would be as excited about that. If they just oh, found no, like an yeah. algae on most people Europa. would be like, "Oh, we found algae on Europa." Like most people are like, "Okay, so, so what? what?" You're like, they don't <laughs> understand how monumental that yeah. is. I'm a like, toe. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that sums up the discrepancy between the eighty percent fresh from Rotten Tomatoes versus the viewer review of fifty six percent. I think it, it lies in that, like, oh well, you know, we're, we can't, we're not excited about discovering a single cell you know, organism on Europa, whereas this movie totally fucking is. And yeah. like that I'm excited for it for those reasons. And it doesn't have a giant killer robot. It has hydrazine, you know, it has like, <laughs> yeah. and that de- I cried, I cried so hard. Like, ah, oh, like I loved the, I love the actor that played James. I thought he nailed his part. Like the oh, one he's that dies. Fantastic. I think every performance in this movie are is really, really yeah. good. Uh, especially um, for like a bunch of like quote unquote, no name actors. Outside of, um, who is it, Michael uh, Nyquist? Yeah. Probably the biggest name. Yeah. Him, and uh, he's barely in the movie, but uh, Isaiah Whitlock, who plays Senator Clay Davis on The Wire. Oh, yeah. He's oh, in yeah. This as one of like the Europa guys back on Earth who's on the panel. I wish he threw in a I, That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> I know he was like talking about like the success of this mission and we're doing all this stuff. I just want him to go, she. <laughs> Um, um, I also love this whole thing that kind of goes throughout the movie of them like this is a mission where they're like perfectly prepared like to not get back home if it means like if like they're, at every point it's like getting the data is more important than them actually making it back home right yeah um, and James kind of even like you know pontificates that as he's like floating off into space and kind of actually says he has like he kind of regrets regrets that um of like 
Uh, he's like in his dying moments. He's kind of like, I just really wanted to see. My, I wanted to see my family again, pretty much. Right. Which is like completely understandable. But you know, like up until that moment, like everything that they're doing, they're just like, well, like we're getting the data. Like, like whatever the risk is, like we need to make sure we have at least something. Like one way or another, like one way or another, either like if we find out that there's nothing, that's still a discovery. Right. Yeah. Like, well, well, <laughs> yeah. That's one line. And isn't there another line? I think Katya says something along the lines of like in the turn in terms of the total breadth of discovery, how much is your life worth? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and um, oh, it's yeah. Sorry, compared to the breadth of knowledge yet to be known, what does your life actually matter? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the exact line. Right, and 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 I love I love uh, James reflecting on that, like in his dying moments when he's like, "Well, that wasn't worth it," you know, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> because like how he goes is just they're just trying to fix the antenna. I mean, that's all they're trying to do, really, yeah. and it kills him. And like it, it 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 happens in such a way that it's like these huge life or death situations or like decisions have to be made in a split second because he's coated in this like acid pretty much this propellant that will uh, contaminate the all the breathing air and so he can't come back in or else he'll kill the rest of the crew yeah and like in the moment where like uh the captain tells him that it's like hey you're fucked and like he's like what are you talking about it's just on my suit i could just I could go in like from that he goes from that and then like five seconds later he's like well i'm i'm done <laughs> like Bye! Yeah. <laughs> and pushes himself away into space. Well, I think, and for his death versus the deaths at the end of the movie where, like, he didn't actually, he actually wasn't there for that discovery of even the algae, you know? So no. He, I feel like he definitely felt like, like, what am I dying for right, right now? Right, exactly, yeah. And whereas the other people, like, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, now that we have something, like, even if we all die, like, we at least need to make sure this gets back if we're all going to die here. Right. We need to at least make sure that this gets back because this is the single greatest discovery in human existence right now. And that's like, what makes the ending so good with the them sacrificing themselves to get the data back to Earth. Because they're like, okay, we can't fix the ship. We can at least f fix the communications array. And to do it, we're going to disable the life support. Right, yeah. yeah. And then Rosa opens the the airlock as the ship is sinking into the ocean to allow like the cameras to like get more footage of right. like what's Ugh. underneath that water. And it's also and, it's also what fuels uh, um, Katya to like make the stupid decision to like go after the light oh, yeah. and and like the whole crew to be like yeah okay yeah well I was like, <laughs> this is the one you're gonna hit me for it's like curiosity killed the Katya. Oh, <laughs> Because that was something that was frustrating to me as a picky sci-fi nerd. Um, so like, what they wouldn't, they wouldn't possibly risk your life again after like grilling her for being all like, don't fucking risk your life up there. We don't want you out there anyways. You know, like, why are you like going after that light again? And then after the movie ended, and like, if you like, after thinking about it, it was like, no, that makes sense because like they just discovered life. Yeah, they just discovered life. Yeah, and like, so and like, she's... let's see if there's more complex yeah. life. And, and so because they're... we're seeing this thing that's reacting like a complex organism. Exactly. So let's and and that's why Shu was so easily convinced. Where it was like, it, like you could kind of tell he was like, no, come back. And and I, I think it was like Daniel was like, well, she has another ninety minutes of like reserve oxygen. He was like, yeah, all right. Well, and then she like discovers like because she does like she goes to like the non-blasted ice. I don't remember this technical term she uses but it's like the different type of ice where she ends up finding the algae right right after that and then it's like oh well 
single-celled organism. And then it's like, oh, hey, something's glowing over there. And it's also like moving, and it's the and radiation it's, it's that we've been sensing has to been the moving. Lights on yeah. my suit and stuff. It's behaving in a way that like a intelligent organ, like life would. Yeah, and so it was. You could see the progression of where they're moving from. What's the risk versus the reward here? Right, and it's like, well, as soon as you define that life, and then as soon as you have indication that there might be more, mm-hmm. it's like, well, we have to push this a little bit further. Like, otherwise, what are we here for if not to try and discover something new? Like, exactly what we're looking at right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, um, it adds up. I, I, I think that whole part actually adds up well. Um, I want to talk about how the timeline's broken up, like a Tarantino. That's my problem. That's your problem? With the movie. I, I, I like it because it adds to, um, I mean, we kind of discussed this. It's like, it's boring material. Um, that's why other movies that have done this add in a killer robot or a killer AI system or some other ridiculous thing. Whereas this, like, I like how the broken timeline allows for that shit where, like, it starts off with the communication failure from, like, the solar storm. And then it cuts to, like, oh, someone died. And then, like, and then it cuts, like, a little bit later. Where it's like, we're celebrating a year after that guy died. And you don't even know who died. Like, the, the full cast hasn't been introduced yet. And then, like, later on in the movie, it disseminates. It's like, oh, this guy James died. And then, like, it tells you this whole story of, like, immediately after they lost the their antenna from the solar storm, like, how he died. And uh, I really like how they pre- presented uh, uh, see, that. See, I, I disagree. I think that breaking up the timeline like that makes it much harder to follow and we don't need to do that because the movie's already super stylized we don't need to add on breaking up the timeline as a style thing because the found footage and the documentary stuff this movie is already stylized enough and it it's weird because you're these things where um so andre is being all cagey and like they're worried about his reaction to it like we feel like you're not recovering well enough and he's like i'm what how should i be recovering and we're like recovering from what yeah right? i had that exact and it's question. not until later that we cut back we find out that james died that all this stuff i think disjointing the timeline makes the movie much harder to follow and it was like on the second or third time through i get everything that's happening but the first time i was like pretty confused yeah um i could see like kind of cutting after the communications goes out and then kind of like going back and be like okay now here's what happened right but then there's like yeah there's like two more like weird cuts in time where yeah it is it does get confusing like you said with andre like what is he recovering from i was like did he somehow develop an alcohol problem on this like ship right. where like they, yeah. they don't have they wouldn't necessarily is he a spy he's a yeah. spy <laughs> yeah no i i agree you're right and like especially with um like the already uh, disjointed timeline of like uh, the uh, CEO like dictating the whole film, you know, yeah, like the this whole are, thing, right? Is a it, like they're already in a different it, timeline. It's all like after the stuff was declassified right. too, so it's way after the fact. Yeah, yeah. and then and it's already then it's chopped up on top of that. Yeah, you're right. I, I it think does it doesn't little... need to do that, but it could still do the things that it does, where like it's showing us all the screens, and every once in a while it cuts to like screens of stuff happening in the future of the like the ship is sinking or like they're like some Daniel is dying or like stuff like that. Yeah, I did. It like can that. cut us like those little things just, but where we can't really see it, it's in like one of those little screens in the middle. That would have been a better way to handle it, to help keep the tension fueled instead of chopping the timeline. Up. Right. Cause I, I loved that moment when it does that. And uh, you hear Andre scream and you're like, 
why is anyone screaming on this? No one should be screaming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if they're screaming, shit's going down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, other than that, that that I think is the structural problems I was talking about is the timeline being disjointed and that kind of uh, messing with the flow of the movie. Um, other than that, I love the shit out of this movie. Yeah, I think yeah. this is fantastic. I wish there were more movies that were like this, that were this smart, that were... I don't know, that just like you said, didn't have, rely on us having like, there's a killer robot on board. Right. It's like, no, we can have just the tension of the mission be enough. Right. Like the Martian, the Martian does an excellent job. Yes. Using Martian's very real good science and like space exploration and those elements of like, just that iner- inherent danger of doing those things as the heavy element of the movie. Um, Ooh, I want to talk about this. Uh, the movie does an excellent job of uh, uh, showing like how the, the crew culture changes from before James's death to after and like like without even like giving you a lot of like uh example of it you know like it's yeah. just you could really feel it and like how like just the dialogue is written and everything like James was like really the soul of the crew just because yeah. of like how, how how light he was about how everything went you know and everyone really got along and just little snippets of like what Andre would say to other crew members like you could tell that like everyone really enjoyed his company and then he dies and then, like the next like year and a half is just miserable for everyone like yeah <laughs> yeah because it's like uh andre like hasn't been talking for like a week or like yeah. weeks at that point especially and... for andre and andre isn't sleeping yeah right? because like he can't like deal with it and everything and he's vital i mean he's he's the engineer like he's he, the chief engineer he's the, chief and he's engineer. the only one left right. after james is dead yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> yeah and also i just love how like james is established as being like the most sympathetic guy and like if you know right away that James is going to die because he's the one who's got a family oh, back yeah. home. Oh, yeah. He's sending all these things back to his kids. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. This guy's <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Like, he's he's definitely going to No one die. else is getting this kind of backstory. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. going to die. <laughs> he's even got sending things back to his kids saying don't tell mom but i think i sleep better up here away from her snoring and you're like oh they're making this guy relatable yeah you're you're gonna die he's totally dead i on that note i love how there's no um forced love story like yeah katya's Uh, not sleeping with anyone it's great rosa is not like having a love triangle with anyone it's and rosa is amazing rosa's very well done super good like i love all her little um talking head segments yeah like we then kind of get the thing of oh that's all happening at the very very end right like right before (laughs) the ship is about to sink into the ice and they're going to shut off the life support systems yeah (laughs) um i love there's like always the one line in every like sci-fi movie that you know like shit's gonna turn and it's always the it was more whatever than we previously thought oh like, yeah there's yeah. always always that line before like everything just hits the fan it's always like oh these readings are much higher than we thought this is much like, more complex yeah. It's like, yeah that's why you're out there yeah it's like yeah anticipated that right because that's why you're out there it's, it'd probably be more complex yeah when and, you got closer yeah so it's like always funny to like hear that like i always like chuckle a little bit when i hear that or just like have a little like uh oh <laughs> uh i love i love the use um i it's just i just really really champion this film for using like they didn't have to use that much sci-fi or sci-fi they didn't have to use that much like computer like computer animated graphics yeah uh, to like 
to present the sci-fi it was really um it was just really well done and, and conservatively and one of the only times they used cgi it's it's like the worst chintziest looking effect in the whole is it movie. the seat belts no oh. it's the hydrazine on james's oh, suit. Oh. yeah <laughs> it, it it's it looks so bad it looks like the birds in birdemic it, it's it's like that level of of bad cgi <laughs> I noticed I noticed some pretty bad stuff, but that's just because this is like my second pass through, and like I was you know had some time to kind of pay attention to this shit. And like it was like when they first get into space and they like unbuckle their seatbelts, and like the seatbelts go from like real to like animated, and like it's so stark, just like the birds from Bird Democrats. It's like oh, that's a floating graphic. <laughs> yeah. um, I did love the the shot on james's death like where they hold like the entire time until the station like just creeps out of view like it stays on the shot like until like the very last bit of the station is out of frame and then it goes black i also i love that um in terms of the the camera work in the movie and and it really gives you the sense of what it would be like if oh yeah you're just in a spacesuit and you're floating out into nothingness and you're going to die yep yeah like like god it It really works (laughs) they have a uh, wonderful nod to uh 2001 at the beginning like right after they launch and uh they're successfully on their way. Uh, Mission Control says, we've prepared some light traveling music for you. And they start playing the music from 2001. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yo, what is, what's that piece? It's like uh, blue. I, I do not know the name of the actual something. piece of music. It's a, a, a very famous piece of classical music. Right. Stanley Kubrick put it into his movie. But I don't know the name of it. Oh, well. Um <laughs> Is it Mo- Blue most people Danube? just yes, Blue Danube. That's what it is. Yeah, most people just know it as that song from two thousand and one. Yeah, the two thousand one song. All right. Well, I also like uh the very beginning of this movie. They're showing all the preparation for the mission and everything. They show a clip of Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah. talking yeah. about doing this very thing. He's saying like, I want to go up to Europa and do ice fi- and go ice fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and <you're> like, <laughs> I feel like this entire movie just started based on that. Like that one clip is like, yes. Let's make that. Let's movie. do that. <laughs> and turns out it's awesome. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Well, this is this is based off of a real life mission that they planned, and like actually like put through pretty far. Um, it's unmanned, but there is a mission um, uh, like out there that they like send a. Uh, it's, it's like an orbiter and a lander to Europa where there'll be something that orbiting Europa and that sends down a lander that like drills into the ice yeah, and the then sends out like a submarine subversive thing. Kind of what they around. did the fir- at first before. Exactly. Got, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same mission. It's just without people. Yeah. Um, Probably yeah. For the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, D- despite you know. what the uh, director says in the beginning, where it's like, we need to have men and women in space because they are. No. Like, oh, yeah. Robots, they, uh, robots do yeah. it very well. Like, we can do that with robots. Like, like, like eventually, you'll definitely want people checking shit out. Definitely. Yes. At not some the point. First time. <laughs> but our Would very ever first people? thing going to Europa. Yeah. yeah, let's send robots first. Yeah. Right. Well, it, yeah, that. Good. I was gonna say what the director said was that you send men and women to space because they have strength in the face of cosmic odds, and it's like uh, we mean the director of the Europa Space Group, not the yeah, director the director within of this the movie. movie. Yeah, <laughs> the director within the movie, not the director of the movie. Uh, um. <laughs> I don't think we mentioned this movie is uh, directed by Sebastian Cordero. Cordero. Yeah, it um, he has a 
very um I mean like like we said it was uh Michael Nyquist is the biggest name in this movie. Um everyone's pretty no name actors and uh that doesn't um their the their acting and like just the whole production value doesn't suffer from that at all. I think it's a uh, very high quality. Um <laughs> yeah, no. This is um this is a very good very good sci-fi. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh yeah. I love this movie. For sure. I think it's excellent. Oh, one one last thing. Um, just because I'm a, I've said it before. I'm, I I nitpick these movies apart, and like it drives me insane. Like I drive myself insane at <laughs> the levels that I do it because I can't suspend disbelief and shit like this. Because sci-fi and the things that interest me about sci-fi is that it's a direct continuation of our own timeline. Or if they get crazy, it's like some split timeline, you know, or some alternate thing. But like this is a direct extension of our own timeline, and. Um, and so it's really easy to pick apart because it's based in our own reality. And one of the things, it's like the whole reason why this uh, this whole, like, you know, emission goes to shit is that there's a solar flare that wipes out their communications. We would have counted for that. <laughs> that would, <laughs> yeah, We would have not true. let that happen. Like, that wouldn't have happened. Like, oh, we forgot about solar flares and yeah. solar radiation <laughs> in space. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's one thing that I one of my bugaboos i was also wondering if like earth on this in this movie had like advanced to the point where there were like no time zones or anything like that because at one point they just say like what time is it back on earth oh yeah and i'm like uh earth time yeah yeah what's what's the earth time and I'm like yeah maybe like if, maybe they've just developed like a one world society where it's just that'd be annoying <laughs> yeah i know you know where it's just one time across the entire planet right. i mean i guess it'd be annoying for like the first few years until you just get used to it it's just like like what? I guess six AM is just like Well, they even have lines about that in the movie. Like she said, I woke up one morning until she writes herself, I woke up at some point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no morning. Yeah. It's like there's no direction. Alright, we got any more uh anything else to say about this here movie? I I think I'm all set on this yeah. movie. Alrighty. Well, I guess that wraps us up for um Europa Report. Um which is um my the first into our sci-fi block our first venture into the science fiction realm (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which is going to be a long block this is actually going to be a longer one because we have uh we have two guests that are going to be appearing on this one yeah 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 yeah. Uh, Yeah. be a new one matt and then there will also be um uh return return of the julie returning guest julie friend of the show because she mentioned sunshine and like weeks ago and i'm holding her to it (laughs) (laughs) so she'll be back and showing us that movie who's that danny boyle something like that uh, i was looking at it the other day but i don't remember yeah i forget um anyways uh, i guess going into corrections and or emissions 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 omissions yes. omissions yeah we got some emissions mm. yeah. I, I think we're gonna i be... mean this is fast and the furious so it could be <laughs> I... corrections and emissions yeah. hey <laughs> it's corrections I, and emissions. I, I think <laughs> because we only had so long to talk about it and it's it's fate of the furious we're gonna be bringing in omissions from fate of the furious for weeks <laughs> um but how did we not talk about the uh, like heist part of it where they're like oh but now we're gonna cut back to the beginning and show you all the stuff that was actually going oh, on oh yeah oh like and, and, <laughs> the and big of course, elaborate plot with the Mama Shaw. elaborate plot that like could never have worked no <laughs> like how there's no way he would have been able to communicate with the guy from Havana to get him to park yes. that truck in front of his uh, in front of his car so he could like run off to go meet Mama Shaw like it, it was just yeah well, not to mention like 
he like the last time he dealt with the Shaw family, they were not getting along <laughs> at all. Like, well, both of the Shaw brothers tried to kill him. Yes, and, and <laughs> so like Vin Diesel, like he wasn't around for like when like when uh, um, Kurt Russell bands together his family with with uh, um, with Deckard Shaw. With Deckard yeah. Shaw. So like he doesn't know that like they're on that side and yeah. and yet he starts orchestrating that whole thing because he starts orchestrating that before they bust into the base where Kurt Russell is where he sees Deckard Shaw right like he he meets with no I think that was after after they got the God's Eye uh, I think that was like maybe like right after okay then. all right well then it might make sense I guess he would know yeah but but, it, how, but one, still everything else surrounding that f- even how does he like, know how to find mama shot in the first place yeah in the second place how does he get the cuban guy to do the thing with the truck it doesn't make any sense I, I don't know. it's so funny though but, yeah he's been with like the world's greatest hacker and somehow has managed to get out communications from and also, her base of operations he's able to like she's watching him 24 7 she's constantly watching him he is somehow able to install that little pedal that would will disable the car yeah so that he can do the whole ruse <laughs> oh, of yeah. pulling How off to able to do that to, uh, in the alley to like be blocked in the first place yeah so it's it's so ridiculous but then, yeah, at the end, he's shaking hands with Deckard Shaw, the man who killed Han. Hashtag justice for Han. Justice for Han. Justice for Han. Holy fuck. <laughs> like, we're just going to forget about, like, the character that we, like, had to retcon, what, four movies? <laughs> in order to, like, get him in there to make him, like, relevant? Like, it doesn't... Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that that's my first thing that, that we omitted from Fate of the Furious. I'm sure I'll come up with several more over the course I of think it's, thinking about it. It's going to be the thing that'll link all of our summer blockbuster series together. Will be the ongoing like discussion of, of Fate of the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. There's there's that much to talk about. It is that crazy. It's just insane. Oh, yeah. It's 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 nuts. It's batshit. Uh, but I don't have any uh, other corrections or omissions. I'm sure I'll come up with more. Yeah. There's no one from uh, James Bond in that series? <laughs> you think? No. I'm surprised yeah. Charlize Theron's not in, hasn't been in Bond movies. Well, maybe she'll be in the, I'm not the next one, but the one after that. I don't know. Right. Because the Lita Seidau, I have no idea how to say Lita Seidau. But the, 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 the woman from uh, Spectre is presumably still around in the next one right so. but different bond we'll see if daniel craig comes back sounds like he's not oh yeah he's, uh, still, on the fence, isn't he's he? still on the fence uh but i'd be fine uh, if he didn't honestly looking towards a big no on yeah. That, so. yeah 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 I, I, think I think he's done okay. a good job but i'd be fine with him being done the evolution of bond like the, the latest bonds they don't require someone to be a bond for seven or nine movies anymore yeah you yeah know, like like four or five that's good you're good. Yeah. Change out the bond. Like, I'm sure they'd, they'd appreciate it. It tends to destroy careers. Also, how it also excited... just wrecks them physically. It, yes. Like, when you're making that movie and you're James Bond, you're presumably in every shot. You're, like, in almost every... You're in every scene. Right. So, like, that is all you're doing, and it's incredibly physical. Like, uh, Daniel Craig, like, really messed up his leg like, on yeah. the last movie and stuff. So, it's, That's right. it's you know... You can do like four and be done. Yeah, you can go do other shit. Yeah. All right. Well, um, what kind of recommendations are we bringing to the table this week? What kind of recommendations you got? Um. Well, speaking of Helen Mirren, 
Um, documentary now, the new season of that is out, and it's amazing. Uh, Helen Mirren is like the opening for all of the episodes, Ooh. and it's uh, like Fred Armisen and Bill Hader. Bill, Bill Hader, is that right? From Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I'm sorry, I'm really bad with people's names, but um, yeah, um, Fred Armisen, Bill Hader, I believe, and uh, like Maya Rudolph guest stars in one of the episodes, huh. and it's like essentially just like vignettes of like fake documentaries. Um, so there's two seasons out now. It's like an IFC show. Um, two seasons are on Netflix, and I don't know if there's another season showing on IFC right now. But huh. um, yeah, there's two seasons on Netflix, and it's a really hilarious, funny show about like weird. Yeah, each one is just like a weird documentary about like some crazy thing that's not real at all, but it's filmed like it. Huh? Yeah, I like that. That sounds <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, my recommendation this week is a video game, and uh, I don't think I need to recommend this because everybody who plays it talks about how amazing it is, but it's uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It <laughs> is unbelievably good. Like, it, all the hype you've heard, it, it totally lives up to it. Did you try that boulder thing? I haven't actually played since I heard about that, and I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Somebody was talking about something they had seen someone do, which was like freezing a boulder with your stasis power, like whacking it with a weapon to make it go flying once it unfreezes it, and then climbing onto it so that you go flying on the boulder, and I am definitely doing that when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's fun. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna second that recommendation as someone that hasn't even played that game, just based off of all the fucking footage that I've seen, like... Just the gameplay footage. I've never seen so much gameplay footage where, like, every single thing has been like, oh, I, I need to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I need to play that. <laughs> There's so much you can do. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to double up the video game recommendation because I've been playing a lot of video games lately. And uh, I stumbled upon something that was very satisfying, and it's called Cities Skyline. Um, man, satisfying. If you're into, like, something super, super duper easy and, like, just, like, something that you can kind of work on in like your spare time with like no like worry of failure or anything like that play city skyline it's just you just build a city and then watch it grow and then it's like oh that was fun <laughs> it's like best 10 bucks i've ever spent in my life <laughs> just, nice. i'm sure uh you regret that because it's like i spent a lot of time doing absolutely nothing <laughs> playing this game but hey it felt satisfying it's good to do nothing sometimes and hell yeah it was kind of stressful at work so it was like yeah go home and build a city this is great so uh yeah city building games i i recommend them i've always kind of liked them um yep so kind of kind of lame recommendation for me but that's all i got um any anyone that you guys would like to plug um i can think of a few people oh yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I got no uh no plugs this week um, I just got my traditional Mirror Fears. Um, check out Mirror Fears music at mirrorfears.bandcamp.com or bandcamp.mirrorfears.com. I'm pretty sure it's the former. Pretty sure it's mirrorfears.bandcamp.com. Pretty sure. <laughs> you know, I think you could probably figure it out yeah, relatively easily I if I had hopped on that old computer there. Yeah, but I like the mystery and suspense. I'll let you guys know <laughs> what the game. correct answer is <laughs> next week. <laughs> You have to pass the first trial <laughs> to show you are worthy. The trial of URL. <laughs> um, other than that, I just have uh, three uh, other uh, movie review and podcasts that I kind of like to plug. Um, 
there are just a few other like do-it-yourself movie review groups. Uh, the first one that I'm going to talk about is uh, the Kragis. Uh, what the Kragis saw. It's a blog, actually. I, I it's not really a podcast. I don't think he has anything audio uh, going with that. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at the Kragis. He's uh he's pretty hilarious. He he writes some pretty funny reviews. I I really like him. Um, also uh the Backseat Directors is a great uh, movie review podcast. Um, they just did one. Uh, th- oh yeah, they did um, Kong Skull Island. You can check that out. They just recently did that one. But you can follow them at the BD Podcast on Twitter, and then as well as Epic Film Guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, those are the three ones that I'd like to kind of plug. Oh yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, Rewind Cinema, another kind of DIY uh, movie oh, yeah. podcast. Uh, very enjoyable they, they are a lot of fun um as far as this podcast you can follow us on twitter at want you to watch this with the letter u and the number two uh you can follow me at the debucks i am at catharticus i am at colin munch and you can find all of our episodes on soundcloud at www.soundcloud.com forward slash iwytwt as well as most podcast listening apps like iTunes or Stitcher or Overwatch or This Dirty Hat. This Dirty Hat has an amazing new feature where it can actually tell you where you are in the world with a new GPS tracker. Check out This Dirty Hat at thisdirtyhat.com. Um, Facebook, we're on Facebook. It's um, it's there. You know. God. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash IWITWT. Um, I'm, you know, it's That's a mo- place to be. It's a place to be, guys. Have you ever heard yeah. about Facebook yet? Have you guys heard about Facebook? Shit. It's where you can talk to your grandma about things. Yep. Or be really disappointed at what your crazy uncle posts. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> ignore your acquaintance from 15 years ago. It's also where you get uh, birthday greetings from all of your casual acquaintances. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> I always set those out. It's like, oh, I haven't talked to you in 20 years. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a wonderful Garfunkel and Oates song about it. Happy birthday to my loose acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get back on some Garfunkel and Oates. Those guys are funny. They are yeah, hilarious. They, are funny. <laughs> they need to be on How Did This Get Made. Definitely. They, they should. Oh, yeah. They, they'd be good. Um... All right, well, got anything else from that whole vein of thing? Oh, yeah, hey, everyone. Write us a review on iTunes. It helps us greatly for growing our audience and getting the word out. Also, just word of mouth is the best way to promote a podcast. If you know someone that listens to podcasts and you're listening to this podcast right now, tell them about us. Maybe they'll like us, too. Maybe they'll like us more. Maybe they'll hate us. But they'll have an opinion, and we'd like that. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah, write us a review on like Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you see us and can write a review. That'd be great. Um, all right. Well, enough about us. And on to uh, next week, which is going to be... Um, what are we going to do? What are we doing next week? Are we guesting or... Um... I, I think we're think fifth elementing. I think it's going right. to be you, Craig. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're doing fifth element. I oh, love yeah. next on that shit. Luc Besson. Yeah. Luc Besson, sci-fi classic, fifth element. Oh, 1997. Such a classic. Yeah. Such a <laughs> solid sci-fi classic. <laughs> love that movie. It is good. It is great. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, this is something that I like. I revisit this movie probably like once a year. Yeah. It's one of those movies where 
I've seen it so many times, and every time I see it, I still just enjoy it. It's like, so entertaining. And there's always at least, like, one different scene every time that I'm just, like, a little bit more in love with. Yep. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. So, yep. I'm excited to watch this again. Yeah. And super, super stoked. We want you all to watch it as well, so check it out before uh, before we drop our episode. Yep. Um, strap in. Tune on. Crouch down. Get down. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Someone's been listening to Super Ego. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>